everybody welcome back to another episode of horror wine and crime hwc in the house coming right back at you with a brand new episode brought to you by unofficially armchair experts unofficially means we're not really sponsored by them but we're gonna say we are yeah in our hearts we're sponsored by them which like could we even be sponsored by them do they sponsor people? You know, if when he calls, I'll find out. That's true. That is true. But funny enough, um, a girl I met, Sammy Herrick. Hey, hey, hey. Shout out. Um, I was talking to her over the weekend, and she was letting me know that she met KB when she worked at Disney. I will forever be jealous of her. Yeah. When you see her, like, in two weeks, you can talk to her about it yeah um i'll need every detail she told me that she was starstruck and she was just didn't know what to say she was just like and she said that kb is is fresh and sweet and everything you see that's just her like she's just like a breath of fresh air honestly perfect what a perfect person to meet and the perfect place to meet them do you know what i mean like could you imagine meeting Kristen Bell in Disneyland? Like those two things together. Yeah. Iconic. Very yeah. jealous of her. She makes me want to go uh, get a job over there because the amount of celebrities that obviously have to go over there. Oh, yeah. She met some. She met Matthew McConaughey. Um, she met Nick Jonas. And she met Ariana, which. She did say um was not impressed with her. Mm, she had a tood. She had an attitude. A little bit of a tood, a little bit of a tood. Mm. But it was a little bit back when, so we're hoping that maybe she matured, you know, a little bit since. Now that she's married and on the voice, maybe she's a better person now. Maybe she's had some growth in her life. <laughs> we can hope. I'm also very jealous that she met Nick Jonas. Okay. That was my childhood love. <laughs> um, speaking of Kristen Bell. And us being sponsored by Armchair Heiser. <laughs> Shout out to Dax. <laughs> Shout out. Lo, why don't you tell the people what uh, we are sipping on tonight? Well, normally we like to have our wine and, you know, but we do like to mix it up a little bit too. Okay. I know wine's in the title, but it's been a weekend. There's been sicknesses. There's been infections. There's been sadness. There's been... All the things. So we went a little bit harder and we're going with some crown apple. You know, sometimes you just need that stronger stuff, right? <laughs> right, right. Sometimes on a cold January night, I'm in the Midwest. Sometimes the wine just doesn't cut it. <laughs> and it's a Friday night, so turn up, right? <laughs> yeah, but my turn up, it means I'm going to hang up with you and then. <coughs> gonna go lay on the couch and catch me up on some lucifer hey that's my kind of turn up right there oh my god tom ellis what what (laughs) how you doing i just started watching um white collar okay that guy what's his name matt bonner or something i'll look it up my mom used to watch that show i believe but i've heard a lot of good things about it so Handsome gent, handsome gent, indeed. Just our preview for Criminal Minds Evolution. It's the reboot, like everybody's back together again. Shut the hell up. No, they're not. Except for, um, okay, so I guess I'm already lying, not everybody. Um, Well, Derek's not because, you know, he's on SWAT still. Okay. Um, And the one you and Charlotte are obsessed with. uh, Reed. He didn't come back and the people spoke like they were like Reed. I feel like Reed is like people's part of the show. Fa- yeah. Like people's top favorite. People really love Reed. And then they said that they were going to consider maybe possibly those rumors who could be one of the unsubs. And then people did not like that. No, so that's because that's so unrealistic. Like that's so, not going to happen. Um, they think that he is going to make a return make a return but when i saw the preview they had uh 
Rossi. Yeah. He looks so old now from the last time I watched an episode. I'm like, he looks so frail. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, it's had to be like so many years since since the show ended, right? I don't even know how many years. I didn't finish it. I need to finish it. Maybe I mean, from that. from even like when it started to when it finished, like it's been like so long. Yeah, so, I don't know when the last episode the year was, but yeah, I was just telling Charlotte about it today. She's like, Mom, it's been a very long time since they were on. I'm like, I guess. Man, I'll have to check that out. What is it on? Where can the... I want to say it previewed on... Oh, it was one of the streaming ones. I'm going to say Peacock. Okay. I don't think I have Peacock. I might. I don't remember. Well, you can come over and I'll watch them at my house. Yes. I am definitely um, interested because that was a top top uh top favorite of mine yeah um but tonight we're gonna be talking about a real life crime that happened over in california so this is about travis alexander and jody arias oh i think i know this one i think she like got obsessed with him and killed him in his bathroom right we're going to find out. <laughs> I think I'm close. <laughs> All right. Take us down the road. All right. So Travis Victor Alexander, he was born on July 28th, 1977 in Riverside, California. He was born to his parents, Gary David Alexander and Pamela Elizabeth Morgan Alexander. They all have very long names, I must say. Got to add in the multiple middle names there. I feel like that makes it sound fancier. <laughs> okay, okay. At the age of 11, Travis moved in with his paternal grandparents. Um, his father ended up dying in July of 1997. And so him and his seven siblings were taken in by their grandmother. Alexander was a salesman and a motivational speaker for prepaid legal services, which I didn't even know you could be a motivational speaker for like prepaid legal services. I don't know how that works, but they're like, you can do it. You can get out of this. <laughs> now, Jody Ann Arias, she was born July 9th, 1980 in Salinas, California to William and Sandra Arias. Jody and Alexander met in September 2006 at a PPL conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jody had converted to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, of which Alexander was a member, and she was baptized by him um, on November 26, 2006, in a ceremony in Southern California. So, you know, she was, like, dedicated. She converted her religion to his. She had him baptize her, the whole thing. Um, so they were, you know, going pretty strong and seemed to be pretty committed. They began dating officially in February of 2007, and Jody moved to Mesa to live closer to him. Um, in April of the next year, she moved to, I don't know exactly how to say this, Reka, California? Eureka? <laughs> Not sure. Um, and she lived there with her grandparents. So they kind of dated like intermittently on and off for about a year and a half in this like long distance relationship that they were having. And they would like take turns traveling between each of their homes. Um, Alexander's friends who knew Jody and kind of observed them together. They kind of looked at her in like a negative light. Um, they didn't have the best opinion of her. They kind of said that the relationship was usually tumultuous and kind of rocky and that Jody's behavior was, quote, worrying, which when you hear somebody say that somebody's behavior is worrying, it's like, what does that mean exactly? So Alexander... We're going to jump kind of right into the crime. Um, he was murdered 
on Wednesday, June 4th, 2008. He suffered 27 stab wounds, a slit throat, and a gunshot wound to the head. Medical examiner Kevin Horn, he later testified that Alexander's jugular vein, his common corroded artery, and trachea had been slashed and that he had defensive wounds all on his hands. So he really um, he really went through it and someone was, you know, this wasn't just like a robbery killing where someone just came in and like shot him and he died. Like someone clearly had vengeance for him because. Oh, this was all about some rage. Yeah, this is for sure a rage killing. So Horn further testified that Alexander might have been dead actually at the time that the gunshot was inflicted and that the back wounds were shallow. Um, So basically what he's saying is someone shot him and then he died, but all these other like, you know, like his slit throat and like all these other stab wounds, he was already dead. So they, they were like probably like so blind, angry, killing him that they didn't even realize that he had died or they didn't care i don't know but he was not really alive when they kept uh going at it i guess so his death was ultimately ruled a homicide and he was buried at riverside's olivewood memorial park cemetery so you know obviously they had found his body so they have to do the investigation kind of figure out who did this what happened why um so they kind of took it back to early 2008 alexander had told some acquaintances that jody was going to go with him for a work-related trip to cancun mexico which was scheduled for june 15th but then in april Alexander asked to change his travel companion to another female friend, Marie Hall. First first mistake, buddy. First mistake. You don't tell a girl you're taking her to Cancun and then flip-flop and bring another girl. Strike yeah, one. Yeah, that's... Ooh, playing with fire, my dude. That might have been Jody's strike one. <laughs> um, And on May 28th, a burglary a burglary occurred at the residence of Jody's grandparents um, where she was living. And among the missing objects was a handgun chambered in .25 caliber, um, which was never recovered after the robbery. But this later became significant as a shell case from the .25 caliber round was found near Alexander's body at the murder scene coincidence i think not (laughs) or was it or was it so jody's burglarer had something against alexander (laughs) so on june 2nd between 1 a.m and 3 a.m jody called alexander four times um, but it didn't appear that she was able to reach him Um, as the longest call's duration was 17 seconds. So, I mean, what can you really say in 17 seconds? Besides, like, stop calling me (laughs) and then, like, hang up. (laughs) After 3 a.m., Alexander called Jody twice. The first time was for 18 minutes, and the second time was for 41 minutes. And then at 4.03 a.m., Jody called Alexander again, and the call lasted two minutes and 48 seconds so they were kind of going back and forth quite a bit they didn't just have like you know one long phone call it was like a lot of back and forth and like quick talk and then longer talk and then quick talk again so kind of interesting not sure you know at this point if they were just talking or if they were arguing or what was going on now neither of these calls or their transcripts were presented in the trial so at 5 39 a.m jody had driven um south to rent a car for a long trip to utah and it was like shown through evidence by a gasoline purchase in the town of eureka again sorry if i am 
<laughs> mispronouncing that. Um, so on this June 2nd at 8.04 a.m., she rented the car in Reading and indicated that she would return it to the same location. So she was visiting friends in Southern California on her way to Utah for a PPL work conference and to meet with Ryan Burns, who was um, a co-worker. By the late evening on the next day, she had apparently set out for Salt Lake City. Um, But Alexander, at this point, nobody, you know, Nobody knew that the crime had happened. They're going back and like going through the days. Um, But he had missed an important conference call on the evening of June 4th, which wasn't like him. Um, So that kind of raised eyebrows a little bit, you know, because he wasn't one to miss these types of calls. Um, The following day, Jody had met her coworker in Utah, Salt Lake City suburb of West Jordan and attended business meetings for the conference. Now, Burns later said that he noticed that Jody's formerly blonde hair was now dark brown and that she had cuts all over her hands. On June 6th, she left Salt Lake City and drove west towards California. She called Alexander several times and left several voicemail messages for him. She also accessed his cell phone voicemail system. Now, that's some crazy shit. Like... When you access somebody else's voicemail system, and I'm like, is was she doing that to make sure that like her voicemails got through, or was she doing it to see if he got other voicemails, or I don't know, like what her? I'm guessing was. she was trying to see if other women were leaving the messages. Probably, yeah. You know, it reminds me of the episode. You know, when Monica accidentally left the outgoing call on Richards. Yes. <laughs> machine. Although that was more of a funny situation, but right. This one's a little bit more serious, but same but still both same a little idea. cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when Jody returned the car on June 7th, it had been driven at that point about 2,800 miles. Um, the rental clerk testified that the car was missing its floor mats and it had red stains on its front and rear seats. Again, I feel like she's not really killing it in the um, hiding her evidence department. (laughs) Um, Sadly, though, this could not be verified that the car had floor mats when Jody had picked it up. And the red stains also couldn't be analyzed when they were doing the investigation because the car was cleaned beforehand uh, before the police could examine it. Which I'm like... I mean, I get it. Like, it's a rental car. And if it had stains, they were probably like, we need to clean this right away because they didn't they weren't going to know that the police were needing to investigate it. But at the same time, if it has all these red stains, you'd think that they would call the police, wouldn't they? You would think. But I guess not. Um. So on June 9th, having been unable to reach Alexander... A concerned group of his friends went to his house, you know, which is very normal. Like if I feel like if you weren't answering me for a long amount of time or I didn't see you posting on anything or you weren't answering work calls or, you know, stuff like that, then it's like, okay, we need to go to the house to make sure that he's okay. So his roommates also had not seen him for several days, um, but they just believed that he was out of town. Um, You know, he was going to go on this trip, so they didn't really suspect anything too crazy that was going on. After finding a key to Alexander's bedroom, the group entered and found large pools of blood in the hallway to the master bathroom and Alexander's body in the shower. In the 911 call, um, which also was not heard by the jury, the dispatcher asked whether Alexander had been suicidal or if anyone was angry enough to hurt him. And in that moment when they were calling 
911 after they found his body, Alexander's friends actually mentioned Jody by name as a possible suspect, stating that Alexander had told them recently that she had been stalking him, you know, accessing his Facebook accounts, and she was going around slashing his car's tires like like this bitch was crazy okay she was full-on obsessed with this man stage five clinger stage 10 clinger dude (laughs) when you're going around (laughs) accessing someone's facebook account their voicemail slashing their freaking tires i will find you that is a whole other level of (laughs) love addiction (laughs) So while searching Alexander's home, police found his recently purchased digital camera um, and it was damaged in the washing machine when they found it. Police, though, were able to recover deleted images showing Jody and Alexander in sexually suggestive poses, um, which were taken at approximately 1.40 p.m. on June 4th. The final photograph of Alexander alive showing him in the shower was taken at 5.29 p.m. that day. Photos taken moments later show an individual believed to be Alexander profusely bleeding on the bathroom floor. So they had all this like evidence like laid out with them, you know, time stamped basically from these photos. Also, before I move on to the more evidence that they found i just have to say if this woman was going around being a stalker and like damaging your property alexander my dude why are you having sex with her why are you inviting her over the day that you're getting murdered yeah um he likes him crazy i guess nobody else is uh available so i mean but i don't know because i always thought this kid was kind of like a playboy too so i feel like women the little black book wouldn't be empty you know right i mean yeah he he was involved with at least one other woman um that marie girl but i don't know or maybe she just showed up and then he was like whatever just stay you know like didn't really want her to but right didn't want to argue either like i don't know i feel like i watched the um there's a tv miniseries of this i watched it oh okay and i feel like well i guess we'll talk about that more after you finish the story i'll i'll give you my thoughts okay but yeah so they found all these pictures of them you know doing sexual things and then ultimately they found the pictures of him bleeding in the shower on the bathroom floor um a bloody palm print was also discovered along the wall in the bathroom hallway and it contained dna from both jody and alexander so again she clearly was not trying to hide this that well On July 9th, 2008, Jody was indicted by a grand jury in Maricopa County, Arizona, for first-degree murder of Alexander. She was arrested at her home six days later and was extradited to Arizona on September 5th. So she actually pled not guilty um, a few days later on the 11th. And during this time, she kind of provided several different accounts about her involvement in his death. So first, she told police that she had not been in Mesa on the day of the murder and that she hadn't even seen Alexander since March. But then she later told police that two intruders had broken into Alexander's home, murdering him and attacking her. And then two years after her arrest, she told police that she killed Alexander in self-defense, claiming that she had been a victim of domestic violence. So her stories were all over the place. You know, first she says she's not there. Then she says that somebody else broke in and attacked her and killed him. And then she says, "Okay, no, I did kill him, but it was just because he was. He was abusing me, but um." Which makes it like nobody's going to believe you that that's what the case was because 
your story's all over the place. You've changed it so many times. And also you you were stalking him beforehand. So on April 6th, 2009, a motion to reconsider her motion to disqualify the Maricopa County District Attorney's Office was denied. Um, the court ordered her to submit an IQ and competency test. Um, and they were trying to obtain all the text messages and the emails. The prosecution initially told defense attorneys that no text messages had been sent or received by Alexander. They weren't available, um, but then ordered to turn over hundreds of the messages. So it was like a lot of back and forth going on in this case, and I not a lot of truthfulness happening. No, there never is. No, never. So Mesa police detective Esteban Flores told defense attorneys that there was nothing, quote, out of the ordinary among Alexander's emails. About 8,000 of them were turned over to the defense um, in 2009. And in the opening arguments on January 2nd, 2013, which is so, this is always so wild to me that it takes so many years for people to actually like go to trial for this kind of stuff. Um, Martinez sought the death penalty for Jody. Um, Jody was represented by counsel L. Kirk Nurmi and Jennifer Wilmot, and they argued that our Alexander's death was a justifiable homicide committed in self-defense. So they were trying to get her the death penalty, and she was kind of going the self-defense road. Ryan Burns testified that when Jody visited him in Utah, so that's his co- her co-worker again, he says that the two spent several hours hugging and kissing on a large beanbag chair, and she told him that she cut her hands on broken glass while working at a restaurant, um, specifically Margaritaville, which obviously I don't think that that's the case. I think her hands were all cut up from obviously the crime and a detective testified that no restaurant by that name had even ever existed in the area that she lived so she made that up too um she was at the time though working at a restaurant called Quesa Ramos and she later testified that she cut her finger she said I had a bazillion margaritas to make how do you cut your finger making margaritas that's my question She's not like cutting up meat. She's making margaritas. I mean, if they're on the rocks. I guess so. <laughs> Later, the prosecution argued that the presence of a .25 caliber round found near Alexander's body and the theft of a handgun of the same caliber from Jody's residence where she was living with her grandparents the previous week proved that Jody had staged the burglary at her grandparents' house and used the gun that she said was stolen to kill Alexander. So this was clearly premeditated, you know, because this was a week before he had been murdered. So she was planning this. Martinez claimed that Arias, or excuse me, Jody, had stalked Alexander and slashed his tires twice in the final days before his death. Alexander called her a sociopath and the worst thing that ever happened to me and that he stated that he was afraid of her. So Clearly. she, yeah, <laughs> not surprising. Um, he, he was on something. He definitely had a, a reasonable hunch, obviously. So Jody took the stand in her own defense on February 4th in 2013, testifying for a total of 18 days. Um, and on the first day of her testimony, Jody kind of talked about being violently abused by her parents from the age of seven. She testified that she had rented a car in Reading because Budget's website provided two options, one to the north and one to the south, and her brother lived in Reading, so she went with that one. 
On her second day on the stand, she said that her relationship with Alexander included oral sex and sodomy. She said that the sodomy was painful the first time she experienced it and that Alexander believed that such activities would not contravene Mormon rules concerning vaginal intercourse. I don't really know much about like the Mormon faith, but I know that I don't think they're technically allowed to like have sex before marriage. So I think that that's what she was kind of referring to. And since she like converted to his religion, he was like saying that this is what they had to do. Maybe I don't know much about either to say one way or the other. Right. And I don't want to speak too much on it just because I don't know um, all the facts. But that's kind of the, uh, I don't know, the effect that it gave on me. I don't know. But um, she said that eventually they ended up having intercourse. Um, and they, in court, played a phone sex tape um, that she had recorded without Alexander's knowledge. Okay, so we're going to add that to the list of crimes that she's got going on already. Um, apparently, she recorded it because she was hoping to use it to embarrass him to his Mormon peers. Which is just, that's just cruel, honestly. <laughs> Why not just walk away then? Like, if you're this angry, you know, like yeah why deal with it just be like whatever you're a douche canoe and leave yeah she was clearly like obsessed just like to the point of no return obviously um so jody also testified that alexander secretly harbored pedophilic desires for both male and female children and that she tried to help him with these urges but forensic experts, they testified that they did like a full-on examination of Alexander's computer and they found no evidence of any kind of material at all of that. So she was just like shitting on this man's name. She mur- she she stalked him. She made him scared. She murdered him. And then after he died, she just kept like trying to like ruin his name. And then kind of for her defense of the of being like self-defense she testified that her relationship with alexander became increasingly physically and emotionally abusive she said that alexander shook her while saying i'm fucking sick of you and then began screaming at her after which he body slammed her on the floor at the foot of his bed and taunted her saying don't act like that hurts before he called her a bitch and kicked her in the ribs. Jody says that he went to kick me again and I put my hand out. She held up her left hand in the courtroom, showing that her ring finger was crooked. Jody claimed that she killed Alexander in self defense after he had attacked her when she dropped his camera, forcing her to fight for her life. Now, again, this was Jody's third different account of the events leading to Alexander's death, which prosecutors, courtroom observers, and jurors felt obviously severely damaged her credibility. Um, rebuttal witnesses called by the prosecution included several of Alexander's other girlfriends who stated that he never exhibited any of the same problems with anger or violence that Jody was talking about. During the trial, a videotape of a September 2008 Inside Edition interview was played in which Jody had stated, no jury is going to convict me because I'm innocent. You can mark my words on that. Um, discussing the statement during her testimony, Jody said, at the time I had plans to commit suicide so i was extremely confident that no jury would convict me because i didn't expect any of you to be here which i don't know if that meant she thought she wasn't going to be there because she was yeah, like, suicidal worded, she worded it wrong but... yeah um so at the close of his cross-examination of Jody, Martinez replayed the video and prompted Jody to affirm that she had said during the interview that she would not be convicted because she was innocent. And while she was being questioned by him, she was kind of like initially um, 
not really having it. She seemed very combative. Um, but after several days, he highlighted the possible lies and inconsistencies in her testimony. And then she admitted to stabbing and shooting Alexander, despite her earlier claims of having a memory lapse. So clearly she was just all over the place and nobody could trust anything that she was saying because nothing was adding up and nothing was making sense. Beginning on March 14th, psychologist Richard Samuels testified for the defense for nearly six days. He said that Jody had likely been suffering from acute stress at the time of the murder, sending her body into a fight or flight mode to defend herself, which caused her brain to stop retaining memory. In response to a juror's question asking whether this scenario could occur even if this was a premeditated murder, as the prosecution contended, he responded, is it possible? Yes. It is. Is it probable? No. Um, and Samuels also diagnosed Jody with post-traumatic stress disorder. But I see what they're saying. Like, if it was premeditated, are you really going to go that much into a state of shock? I mean, I guess you could. Because actually thinking about doing it and actually doing it are two very different things. But I don't necessarily think that this messed with her memory. I think that she was just using different excuses to try and look innocent. Oh, for sure. She was definitely a sociopath. Yeah. Even Martinez, he attacked this Samuels, the psychologist, his credibility, you know, accusing him of bias and saying that he had formed a relationship with Jody um, because he, I guess, previously was testifying that he had compassion for her. So he was saying, you know, maybe his judgment was a little a little wonky and a little swayed. Beginning on March 26, another psychotherapist sp who specializes in domestic violence testified that Jody was a victim of domestic abuse and that most victims do not tell anyone because they feel ashamed and humiliated. She summarized emails from Alexander's close friends. They have basically advised Miss Arias to move on from the relationship that Mr. Alexander had been abusive to women. The jury posed nearly 160 questions to this psychotherapist, many of them focusing on Jody's credibility. Like, I mean, and again, the thing with that, all the other women that Alexander had been dating, never, none of them said that he was abusive or harmful towards them in any way. Now, I'm not saying that he, maybe he wasn't to towards Jody. You know, they might have had like a toxic relationship and he might have actually been abusive to her. But I don't still think that um, this whole self-defense thing really checks out for me. So the total memory loss for long stretches of time that Jody claimed to have is, again, inconsistent with traumatic amnesia associated with PTSD. Um, because I guess that manifests in much like shorter gaps in memory and not like long term, like she was saying. So instead, um, they said that she suffered from borderline personality disorder, showing signs of immaturity and an unstable sense of identity. Um, so I just feel like at this point, they're just throwing different things on her. Do you know what I mean? Like saying she has PTSD. Oh, okay. No, she has memory loss. Okay, no, she doesn't have that. She has borderline personality disorder. Like, it's just so all over the place because they're just trying to, like, find a reason that she's innocent. Like, throwing shit to the wall and see what sticks. Exactly. And it's like, you can only go through so many things and it's like, nothing's going to make sense because none of it's true. So, in closing arguments on May 4th, Jody's defense argued that the premeditation theory did not make sense. They said what happened in that moment in time, the relationship, the relationship of chaos that ended in chaos as well. There is nothing about what happened on June 4th in that bathroom that looks planned. Could it also be that after everything they went through in that relationship that she simply snapped? Ultimately, if Miss Arias is guilty of any crime at all, it is the crime of manslaughter and nothing more. I so disagree with that. 
but I mean, whatever. That was their closing argument. In my opinion, like the fact that they're saying nothing in that bathroom looked premeditated. Like the murder's not gonna look clean just because she thought about doing it earlier. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was obviously gonna fight back. Right. I mean it it might not have been like she might not have intended to kill him. She might have gotten maybe he was breaking up with her for good this time. Maybe he was asking her to leave. Maybe he she found another girl's pair of underwear. I mean, we don't know right what triggered her. Um, I do feel like it's obviously flat out murder. Um, I do feel like premeditated. I mean, they could fight it either way. Um, but there is a slight chance that she just got enraged at the moment and went for it. Cause it seems that it was very angry. Like to me, premeditated would have been like poison in his drink shoot him while he slipped something more neat you know this seems like something set her off and she just went full on rage like yeah that makes sense yeah but that's just my opinion no that does make sense definitely yeah you're right because like why would she plan to make it this messy so on may 7th 2013 after 15 hours of deliberation jody Arias was found guilty of first-degree murder. All 12 jurors found her guilty of first-degree premeditated murder, of which seven additionally found her guilty of felony murder. As the verdict was read, Alexander's family all smiled and hugged one another. Crowds outside the courtroom began cheering and chanting. Following the conviction, the prosecution was required to convince the jury that the murder was, quote, cruel, heinous, or depraved um, for them to determine that Jody was eligible for the death penalty. So Jody's attorney, who had repeatedly asked to step down from the case, provided only brief opening statements and closing arguments, which they said that the adrenaline rushing through Alexander's body may have prevented him from feeling much pain during his death. Now, on May 21st, Jody offered an allocation during which she pleaded for a life sentence. Um, She acknowledged that her plea for life was a reversal of remarks that she had made to a television reporter shortly after her conviction in which she said that she preferred the death penalty. So she straight up said on TV that she preferred the death penalty, but now she's kind of like taking it back and she's like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I was just talking out of my ass. Please just give me a life sentence. (laughs) On May 30th, Maricopa County attorney Bill Montgomery discussed the next steps at a news conference. He says that he was confident that an impartial jury could be seated, but that it was possible that lawyers and victims' families could agree to scrap the trial in favor of a life sentence with no parole. Jody had said, I don't think there is an untainted jury pool anywhere in the world right now. That's what it feels like. But I still believe in the system to a degree, so we'll just go through that if that happens. In April, the defense claimed that the prosecutor had acted inappropriately and said that the case resembled a modern-day equivalent to the Salem witch trials. In the motion, the defense team contended the prosecutorial misconduct has infested these proceedings with a level of unfairness that cannot be cured by other means. So the attorneys just claimed that Jody was in a position which she couldn't really present a full-on defense, basically because this was so publicly known and everybody knew about this, They and everybody was against her. Nobody was like wanting to see her succeed in any way so they were just saying that she basically had no chance because of this so sentencing was scheduled for april 7th in 2015 two years later with stevens having the option to sentence jody to either life in prison without the possibility of parole or with the possibility of parole after 25 years and 
on the 13th, he sentenced Jody to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Um, and her trial costs totaled an estimated $3 million. In an interview, um, Jody's attorney, Jennifer Wilmot, discussed the social media craziness that was happening and all the death threats that she was receiving, um, all of the statements at the sentencing, the holdout juror, and stated that she believed that Jody testified, <clears throat> that Jody testified truthfully. So she was ordered to pay more than $32,000 to Alexander's siblings. Her attorney stated that that was about one-third of the amount requested, which I don't know. Why does she have to pay his siblings? I don't get what they have to do with it. Well, if both of his parents are deceased, um, then maybe it's because they are the surviving family he's got. So maybe it's to, like, if they're the ones that had to take care of his, you know, the death, the fees, the whatever. Right. Like, maybe they're the ones suing her on behalf of him because he doesn't have parents to do it. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. So as of 2023, she is housed at the Arizona Department of Corrections, which is located at Arizona State Prison Complex in Perryville. And she started her sentence in maximum security, but since has been downgraded to the medium security level. Um, I don't know if this is what you were talking about, but the case was featured on an episode of 48 Hours Mystery. Um it was called Picture Perfect in 2008, and it included an interview um, for which in the first time in history of 48 hours was used as evidence in the death penalty trial that she was kind of going through. Um, you know, the press said that this was basically a circus, um, a runaway train, and said that it, quote, grew into a worldwide sensation as thousands followed the trial via a live unedited web feed so yeah basically it just was a crazy case that the public went wild for and took over and kind of crumbled her any chance that she had of like you know having a reduced sentence or anything like that but yeah ultimately she is in prison for life and she'll be there for the rest of her life with no parole but yes, that was uh, their cra- the crazy relationship between uh, Jody and Alexander. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no, I think I watched, uh, it was Jody Arias, Dirty Little Secret, and it was like a Lifetime movie. Okay. Like a, it wasn't a life- on Lifetime, though. It was something that like Netflix put out. It was um, actually about a year ago when I had covid for like two weeks okay and i watched nothing but netflix and everything right. you could find um, <laughs> i think that was one of the things that i watched okay. so it was like a a mini series movie whatever yeah i know when i was looking up they had made a few different um there was like a, a few different movies or shows and different crime shows that it was featured on um but yeah so word to the wise people if you're being stalked and your tires are being slashed and your social media is being hacked into don't let the person in to have sex with them <laughs> okay yeah. first first warning <laughs> what i was gonna say is i don't believe he was abusive to her i mean maybe she drove him to that point as you had said but I do think he was toxic to her. I do believe that he probably played with her emotions, like definitely used her for sex and then kind of like went off, you know, in days, didn't call him, call her, maybe went to Vegas with other women. You know what I mean? Like he was like not committed to her, like, and she wanted the commitment, but he was more like, no, I don't want to be exclusive, you know? 
A hundred percent. And I think that might be where it got more toxic for him. Um, I believe that he probably wasn't the nicest guy for her. He was probably cocky and, you know, whatever. But did he deserve to be murdered brutally? No. Um, she obviously had a couple screws loose and he was not good for her. Clearly, she was not good for him. Um, I thought that I'd seen in one of the episodes that some of her girlfriends, I don't know if they were just saying it to help her or, but they did say like the guy would kind of like, like Travis would kind of like, um, along those lines, like, you know, you know, use her, or you know, emotionally abuse her or, you know, they might have, I don't know if one of them said they, they physically abused her or not. Um, but I did feel like someone came, one of her friends or something was trying to back up the story. Now they could have been just saying it just to have her back. It doesn't mean it was true. Um, so I don't know. I guess you'd have to maybe watch the documentary or the movie. They could have also put it in the movie for more drama. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely can see that. I think they were both just uh, not a good mix and probably both very toxic for each other. Um, but I I for sure can see, you know, him probably not treating her the best. Again, not saying that he was abusive because I don't really know for sure. But I can see him probably emotionally messing with her head. Clearly, if she feels like she needs to, like, hack into his voicemail and facebook and all that stuff yeah i feel like she just wanted an exclusive he didn't maybe his friends thought she wasn't hot or you know thought she was not to their standards maybe he did like her but couldn't admit to his friends that he liked her that's why he kept calling her back but then would you know ditch her again for other women i don't know it's hard to speculate but i feel like there was a little bit of different kinds of toxicity throughout the relationship yeah definitely a hundred percent but yeah wild uh wild case of a love crazed <laughs> loved crazed woman <laughs> uh, i'm so glad i'm out of the dating ring <laughs> oh girl yep <laughs> i am oh my god if my man kicks me to the curb i don't know <laughs> Just... it's wild out there it's wild <laughs> uh man I, I don't know yeah but... especially nowadays i feel like it just keeps getting crazier and crazier <laughs> oh my god because the generation they're so wow yeah i'll just say that yep. <laughs> like, wow uh -huh. wow perfect word <laughs> wow um, All right, guys. Well, that uh, wraps up today's story. We will uh, catch you back next week. Lo will take us down another journey. Yes, I've got one in the works. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to check us out on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, or crime at gmail.com. Hit us up if you have any story wrecks. Any comments, information, anything you want us to read online, anything we should know, or one crime related, give us a shout. Hit us up. And I guess on that note, we got to go. Stay creepy, y'all. Peace. <laughs> Bye. Bye.